0: the Vetspace Ireland podcast, the Clinical Bites Edition, with your hosts Hazel Mullins and Michelle Maguire. Our mission here at Vetspace Ireland is to entertain, inform, engage and inspire. This podcast is for veterinary professionals only. By continuing to listen, you agree that you are indeed a veterinary professional.
1: So welcome to the Vetspace podcast, new Clinical Bites, which is a new incentive um, from us um, here at Vetspace Ireland to open up Kind of new, broaden what we do and enter the more clinical world, but also sticking to kind of the the typical vet space um, themed podcast and having a lighthearted, getting to know the person behind the clinical knowledge as well. And yeah, what did you think, Michelle? How do you think yeah. it went? And well, we're,
0: we have these new um, clinical bites, but we also will still have our original. Vets based journey podcasts. And the first one that we've done was with Mairead Leahy from Aravets. And I think it's a really nice one to ease into the clinical podcast because Mairead talks about how she uses fear free from a clinical point of view and how she uses it to bond her clients and things like that. So I thought it was really, I thought she could, was really useful. I got a lot from it. What did you think?
1: Well, the first time I heard about fear, fear Free was about a year ago, maybe more actually. I was at a Cork Clinical Society meeting and I was with Orlo Mani, um, who's a vet here in Cork. Oh, yeah. And she was talking about Fear Free. And I, I literally looked at her and I was like, I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> I have been on obviously another planet for the last couple of years because I had never heard of it. and. She was on about lick mats and I was like, what's a lick mat? And you will find out what a lick mat is later on in the podcast. But yeah, as a vet who I know, I don't do a lot of small animals, but I do do a little bit and I do very first opinion, vaccines, sore ears, you know, skin issues, that kind of real first opinion stuff. I don't do any surgeries or anything like that. And for me, I learned so much, like just little tips on interaction. Like I never even thought of throwing a ball to a puppy inside the clinic, you know, obviously I'd make a big fuss of them, but, you know, little things like that, definitely yeah. for any, um, especially a first opinion practitioner, listen to this, students, anyone that has to go into a consult room, they're going to learn so many tips from Mairead. She is a fountain of knowledge yeah, I um, think on fear A lot of
0: people, I think actually a lot of people will be, a lot of people, I think people will get a lot from it. Mm. And I think a lot of people might be surprised, even people who might think, Mm, don't know if I'm kind of into fear-free toys and whatnot, that I think they will be surprised to see how beneficial it is to the overall running of the business, I guess, from that point of view. So it was very yeah. interesting and it was very exciting for us to be doing something different and something new. And it's a really nice one, I think, to start mm-hmm. us off with. And we'll hopefully
1: have a lot more to come. So yes, it's exciting times for, for vet space. Um so enough of us chatting away here. Let's just start into the podcast and welcome Mairead. Hi Mairead and welcome to the Space Ireland podcast. Thank you. Um, brilliant to have you on. This is kind of a new little venture for us and um, we're kind of going down maybe shorter clinical um, bites in podcasts that we're going to do and tonight we're focusing on um, Fear Free and how you use it in practice. So tell us a bit about yourself Mairead and you know where, you know, a little bit about your journey and how you ended up kind of down this fear-free route as well. Uh, thanks
2: million for having me on. Um, I, I graduated in 2012, which is nine years ago now. <laughs> I still feel like a new graduate. Um, <laughs> I went straight into practice. I think we, I, I actually was working before we did our graduation. So I started working in June, 2012 in large animal practice. Well, mixed, it was mostly large. And then um, I did a year there, and then I had my first baby. So I took a year out. And then basically straight after that, I went into small animal, just, just for like the lifestyle of it. I got a part-time job, and the lifestyle just suited me. And I tried large animal for about two weeks after having Owen. <laughs> and one night I didn't get home at all, and I was like, this is it. I'm not doing this. And then in 2015, so I was only actually barely two or three years out I only had about a year to two years experience really with um the maternity leave in the middle um our veterinary clinic was pretty much to- I was told to buy it <laughs> so <laughs> that's where I was I was only two years out um, and that's where I've been since so wow. yeah so is yeah, did- that
0: stressful then being two years um, out of college and then owning your own practice be like oh my god what yeah. am I doing
2: yeah like I was really stressed about doing it but um, my partner Mike like really encouraged it and he's like look I think this is the thing for you to do Um, and it was really close by and the other lady just wanted out she was done with it and she offered she offered to sell it to me Um, so we went ahead with that. One thing I kind of feel I missed out on is a mentor do you know so like do you know the way people work in a practice and they have that older vet that does all the surgeries and you learn off them and all that I never had that experience like I went from a clinic where where a cat's bay was done on a sink kind of nearly do you know I just didn't yeah. have that like background and um, so most of the stuff that I've learned it's true like phone calls and annoying like my friends and been like oh have you done this you know so um I just that's one thing I feel I missed out on is like an older mentor um to help me along the way but other than that it's been good
1: yeah you're you're pretty inspirational I was just saying um because I qualified 2013 and uh, I'm like what have I been doing with my life but look we all have different journeys don't we yeah
2: like it wasn't a journey I chose by any means like it just kind of happened and I was at home and I had a kid yeah I actually don't even know
1: why I thought it was a good idea anyway it's worked out fine worked out great like it's got such a good reputation um you know and your new building your new premises as well it looks fantastic
2: yeah we're getting there finally like we've had a hard couple of years and I've learned so much even in terms of the fear-free like we were doing we were trying to do fear-free in our clinic before fear-free was a thing do you know what I mean like you know I'd always have like the treats and always you know that's what I wanted and the pain relief and trying to make it a happy experience for everyone so when I heard about fear-free then I was like wow this is actually cool this is exactly what I had in my head you know but I just never all the information they had on their website and everything was like this is amazing do you know this is exactly what I actually need.
0: remember you telling me about about fear free years ago when I was working in Decker coming into the old practice
2: yeah I, I just love. I the think idea you'd just freedom. done
0: your first your level one certificate or you were doing it at the time and you were like have you heard about this and I was like no I've never oh, heard amazing. of it. and then you're like go and look it up and i remember that i kind of forgot about it again afterwards and i was like what was that thing that Marie was telling me to look up and i could and then i forgot about phrase for and then you just didn't hear about it for so long yeah. like i
2: um, was one of the first ones in ireland to do the search and um, i think there was maybe one or two other people had it done already but i was one of the first ones in ireland to do it so, to have so tell search. us Marie, then
0: how you go about doing it and like what
2: so So like, like we have a general practice so not a general practice sorry a GP kind of practice you know the first opinion family vet um I don't I don't do you know I don't do we're not into taking referrals for surgeries and all that so it's very much first opinion um and it's very much focused on family and um Fear Free isn't just about the pet. It's about three components and they're all really, really important. It's not just about, oh, making the experience amazing for the pet. I found more so it's about making the experience amazing for the owner. Um, it's really about the owner because the owner's perception of what you've done may be completely different to the pet's one. Like the pet may not eat the treat you give it, but the owner sees you coming with the treat box and you making an effort. Mm-hmm. So it's about the owner. It's about the pet, but it's also about the staff. Um, I think if it's implemented in a really nice way, um, staff get a chance um, to be the vet. Um, nobody joined veterinary because they hated animals. Do you know nobody joined veterinary because they wanted to have a nat- have a dog bite them or run away from them or they wanted a cat to hide in its box and scratch you or anything. like people joined veterinary to look after animals, and I think that's what we're missing. We're missing that slowing down and enjoying the actual job that we signed up for um, so those to me are the three important parts it's not all about reducing fear anxiety in the in the pet it's about the owner the pet and the staff and um, and that base like the most important time to implement that is at your annual booster time and your new puppies and your new kittens coming in so vaccination time um, I think that's the most important time to get that information across to the owner.
0: okay and that obviously like just to go back before you go on to vaccination because I know you're going to talk about vaccination yeah. a bit more um from the like as you were saying there it's the three components and like that that's creating a, an overall experience then for the owner which is yeah. really good for your business at the end of the day because I suppose we'll have lots of vets listen to this who are maybe practice owners and maybe they're mixed vets but they've got small animal vets you know working for them and you know it's good for them to realize that it's not just a thing that you say oh we're fear-free it
2: actually works to help bond the clients. what you're doing is making like a family out of it like they're trusting you because if you can't if you can't put your hand on the dog or the cat without it squealing and barking and running away and hiding how are they going to trust you with your clinical decisions, you know, that I think you should do bloods, I think you should do this, I think you should do that, whereas if you have your little bit of a relationship with the pet, and they can see that you understand where they're coming from, straight away they trust you in your opinion about everything else, so then you're getting further with them straight away.
0: And that's so true, because I actually remember years and years ago when I had my own dog, Jesse, and I was working for different vets at the time but my own vet at the time this is I'm talking 15 years ago or, or whatever yeah. and I loved going to him so much because he was a real dog person himself and the first thing he used to do was get down on his knees and snuggle the face off her because he loved Labradors yeah. and that was so important to me I was just like yeah. oh my god yeah that's it and I was a nurse <laughs> working as a nurse at the time in practice and You know, but I was still like, oh, no, I like that actually makes perfect sense. I would have trusted no matter what he told me, I would have trusted
2: him, you know, like if you're going in to get bloods done in your dog and the dog is like being held and it screams and it does these things. You're like, oh, my God, what's going on here? Whereas if you go in and the dog looks happy and you seem confident, you know, looking after them, they're straight away going to do what you want them to do. You know, they're going to listen to the uh, the owners because they understand that, you know, what's best for the
1: dog at that point. Um, Yeah, And I think I think that's, you know, even you know, any vet that or a vet nurse that has a, has a pet, as you said, Michelle, like, we all want them to be doted upon. We all want yeah. them to be told, we want to be told, your dog is the, the, the most beautiful dog that I've ever seen. And I'm like, Betty, I know she is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I know. So I totally agree. And, and I think, you know, I've done uh, c- like communication part of my certificate in Edinburgh and like, it was just little light bulbs went out, like, off in my head when I was reading through things, just even, like, how you face a patient, how you face an owner, how you don't disrupt when they're talking, you know, how you make, you know, you make a thing of the dog and remember their name and, you know, and it's so important because, you know, even when you go to the GP and they don't, you know, they don't make any effort to come out and you're like, oh, I don't know if I like that new GP or, you <laughs> yeah. know she didn't listen to me. And, and I think, you know, I think veterinary is an art as well, isn't it? It's not just um, a yeah. science and it's, it's, you know, we're, we're there to make it a pleasurable kind of experience for, for their pets and owners. So I definitely agree.
2: Yeah. Me too and it's it's not just smalls like it's like what we were saying beforehand it's not just smalls like the farmer wants you to treat his like if you treat his cattle with the respect and all that like and I'm not talking about going over and petting them and you know but if you have the respect for them do you know they're gonna have the same respect back for you as well mm. about how you're handling the cattle whereas if you're in there roaring and shouting you know and rushing and pushing them in and out like they're not interested in that
1: you will probably find me um cuddling calves and cows <laughs> that do allow me to get Yeah, it's quite embarrassing. And I call them all sweethearts and sometimes the farmers are like, Are you calling me sweetheart? I'm like, No, no, I'm not. My tone changes a little bit when they kick me, but generally they're sweethearts.
0: Yeah, I think all of our tones change when you get a scratch
1: or a bite or your toe stood on. And where did you do the course then, Marie? Um, it's it all online. online. It? Yeah, yeah, it's all online. So
2: it's it's really based in America at the minute. Like there isn't kind I don't think there's really an Irish thing at the minute. So you do all your online courses and training. So when I set up the clinic, when I was building the new clinic, I contacted them and I said, I want to, because in America you can get um, fear-free approved practices. So they'll okay. come in and certify your practices fear-free. And so I contacted them and they gave me all the guidelines and all the things that they require that you have to become fear-free certified. But unfortunately in Ireland, we can't actually physically get that certification, but I built and planned the premises based on all their regulations and what they would look for if they were doing, you know, doing the inspection on it.
1: Okay. Can
2: you describe maybe some of the main ones
1: that, that they kind of look for?
2: Like they're very, very simple and they're not expensive to implement. So like, So there's the physical thing. So there's a physical building, like little things like um, when the cement floor was going down, they all thought I was crazy. I was like, hang on now. I need my weighing scales. We're going to measure that out. And we made a hole in the cement floor. So our weighing scales are flush with the floor. Um, So there's none of that pushing dogs on, pulling dogs off. We have a little bit of fake grass on the top. And in general, they just walk straight up. There isn't that lifting them up, swinging off their neck, trying to get them on. So that'd be just one small thing and um, the color theme they kind of had like colors that you should put into the building so they don't recommend that stark white that's in a lot yeah. of you know new veterinary hospitals that's you know, like gas,
0: shiny. actually because every every new veterinary practice they put white everywhere yeah. bright, and it's, it's bright shiny. White.
2: yeah it's that shiny surface as well so they don't recommend that at all and um, if you look at my clinic I went I, I use their color theme and like it's kind of it's very mute colors like you know really light lilacs or grays and things like that so we tried to eliminate as much white as we can out of it we have a few shiny surfaces because you obviously want cleansiness and being able to wash them down and all that but that was one of the things white um isn't good idea yes, um yes. having a flow then to your building like you know so like i have one consult room where owners can come in and sit down unfortunately in COVID we haven't had the full experience of it but I had two doors one in and one out so that owners can stay with their dog while they're being pre-medited or their cat while they're being pre-medited so that they can stay with them until they get a little bit sleepy and relaxed they're not going into any kennels and then we have the back door that they can go straight out into our prep area and into surgery so that's the idea of that one um trying to think of other things (laughs) you might remember the Michelle as well music
0: Um, yeah
2: yeah the Music. music yeah we have music set up, just um, yeah. you can get different um, calming music. Um, some people like aromatherapy, but the more I read into it, it's not really a good idea because it can be quite severe on pets, you know, that kind of strong smell. Some of them mightn't like that. Um, and, then and pheromones, pheromones then as well, obviously. Pheromones yeah. and obviously having species separated. So, you know, having your cats separated from your dogs yeah. as much as possible and the other thing that I was adamant about when I built it was reducing the waiting room so with the fear-free they recommend that you don't have a waiting room at all so you don't want to have like five or six dogs waiting together Mm. and so that's that's part of the physical building but it can also be implemented by having longer consult times so okay um, an outdoor area is ideal as well like a little courtyard or something like that because some pets especially dogs will respond hugely different in an outdoor environment you'll be able to examine them a lot better than you would inside in what they consider to be a consult room mm-hmm. Um, non-slip mats everywhere that there's no dogs slipping and all that Um, so there are a few of the things but they also have other ones where it's keeping records so if you come in with your pet for a vaccine that you should really record on their file that you know Maisie really really likes these type of treats you know Maisie doesn't like to be separated from her owner and when she comes in you know give her a toy or a ball to play with and you'll you'll be her best friend you know little kind of just little things like that that it's on their record that you can that another person can see straight away and be like oh okay let's do that and you're straight away not putting up the FAS or their fear anxiety and stress so there are a few
1: little things there's loads though mm-hmm. so have you got like a big like um basket of toys in your console oh, yeah. room then yeah oh that's brilliant Shell oh, loves God. playing with them we do yeah
0: and oh, actually I, I have to admit like it works really well because the like for example if anyone listening to this doesn't know I work for Rage. <laughs> um A lady came in yesterday I think it was with or one of the days with a puppy for vaccination and the puppy hadn't been in the car since she bought him and she was holding him in her arms and he was trembling from the car ride and I just so I am I'm in the middle of doing my level two fear free certificate as well so Mairead is the expert I'm only still in beginner yeah. level but um so I just said to her I said look why don't you let him down she was holding on to him then for dear life as well because he was so f- afraid and yeah. I said just let him down there now I said and, and get a few toys out the box and let him have a sniff around and you know here's some treats and literally after two minutes he was tearing around the practice like he owned the place and eating all the treats and then he had, Marae brought him in then and he was vaccinated and everything done and he didn't even know. Whereas if she'd have held him in her arms whilst he was still shaking and brought, and he we took him into the concert like that, he just would have been, it would have been a different kettle of fish. But that's it's people's natural insti- it,
2: instinct to do that. Yeah. And it's amazing what a tennis ball will do. Honest to God, like a tennis ball is so powerful. It is way more powerful than a treat. You know, if you have a collie that comes in that's obsessed with a tennis ball, giving them a treat doesn't work. They have zero interest in a treat bounce the tennis ball in front of them and you have them caught like they're they're your best friend you can do anything you want to them and it also is kind of like a muzzle because they have it in their mouth and they're happy out and they're just totally obsessed mm-hmm. with their tennis ball so yeah so
1: simple when you think about it isn't it it
0: is and actually, a, lot it, a lot of it is the owner as well like that yeah having the toy box there like all you're doing is asking the owner, no let him down and play with him and he's no he can go wherever he likes there's nowhere off limits here because he's the only person there and he'll only be two minutes you know and so you don't physically have to do anything or there's not a vet or a nurse or someone doing it they're doing it for you I guess
2: those kind of visits are called happy visits so that's what like fear-free classifies happy visits where you encourage clients just come in and play with their dog and go away again it doesn't involve staff but then you can do um other visits like oh, the name has just gone through now. Victory, well, visits, victory, victory visits. visits. Yeah. So like my dog's afraid of needles um, and then you arrange a victory visit with them. So that involves staff, which you would you charge for your time. But like it's basically bringing them in and um, giving them a treat, maybe going away again, bringing them in, using a capped needle and pretending to inject them, giving them a treat, going away so that you're building up, you're desensitizing them to the actual injection. So they're they're and um, the victory visits then. So Very good. There's, there's really good science behind it as well. Like there's lovely on there, fear-free, it's like bang, 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 this is what you should
1: do. Do you know it's really good? I feel like I need to go to one of these for my uh, COVID vaccine, but, you know, I'm <laughs> terrified of needles. Well, you know
2: what, just when you say that, you know, like the whole vaccination thing, like, so you have your annual booster, a dog comes in or puppy comes in for your annual bo- booster. And like what you were saying there, what is it like 70% of people have needle phobia? Yeah. Isn't it something like, it's crazy. Yeah. But like you put an owner in that situation, they're gonna be like, is this actually worth it? Like, I'm so afraid of needles. Their anxiety is through the roof about their little puppy getting the needle. Um, and then even for annual boosters, like if they're afraid of the needle, the owners, they're a bit like, well, is this actually necessary? So by working on the vaccines and working on those vaccine visits, you can actually improve them coming back to you for more vaccines. Yeah. So Marie, usually brought me. it
0: up there now. Like So we want to talk about that now and your
2: use of the f- fear. Well, I was just like, saying, like, yeah, the needle, the... I, think, I think that's a big thing. Like like before, you know, when you get your vaccines for the dog and you have your bottle out and you're filling mm-hmm. up the syringe and you're waving the needle around nearly, like making a big, not making a big show, but like I think in front of an owner, it's not the best thing to do. Like I think if you're more discreet because then you're reducing their fear, anxiety and stress over it, like get your puppy distracted give them the food and then give them the needle that the owners don't notice it's more even about distracting the owners that's one thing just when you brought up about the needle phobia yeah but will um, you
0: talk us through then like so yeah. from start to finish like you know what your so your vaccination like your recommendations and if your
2: core vaccination and how you use your fear free so with bonding So with puppies, um, we always recommend to come in. And so some people ring up and they're like, oh, I need to get my second booster. And you're like, well, have you got any information on the other, you know, have you got your card? Bring that in. So that's the first thing. Just make sure that you know exactly what they need to get. Um, So we bring them in then. And this is the time to bond your clients. Like everybody in veterinary business, I think, understands how important the new puppy is and the new kitten is like it's the most important thing that you can work on that's that's laying your foundation so like you're saying bring them in playing with them you know and then going in doing your full clinical examination and then starting your protocol so um we're using dhppi and lepto from msd so that's the one we use we do um all our puppy vaccines with that and then our kennel cough is added in as on the second booster for their full cover. So what I generally do is lick mats your friend. Every vet clinic should have at least three lick mats. And if you've got really good time and nurses to have the time in the morning, I would recommend doing three or four lick mats, sticking them in the fridge so that you're not running around being like, where's my lick mat? <laughs> have three or four of them in the fridge ready to go. Um, and let the puppy enjoy a little bit of that. So I also find the syringes and needles that come with those vaccines from MSD are really good and um, they have that re- they have a really, really small needle on it. Um, when you're like I was saying, when you're drawing up the syringe and the, the vaccine, I think it's really important, like not like to hide it a little bit from the owner, like if there's kids there and all that, like none of them want to see the needle you know they're not used to it and they really don't and they're really worried that it's going to hurt their puppy so you know waving it around in front of them and um, we're way gone past the days of reusing needles like that day is gone finished in fact you should even take that needle off that you've drawn it up with and put on your new one
0: and
2: um, yeah so Using the smallest needle that you can possibly find as well is really important. So draw it up with your big, your bigger size, and then use the small, little blue kind of cat ones. Then the smaller, the better. And um, we give them a lick match while we're doing it half the time. Just put it in, and then the owners are like, "Oh, what happened? Is he done? Yeah, yeah, he's done. It's already done. Yeah, grand." They're like, "What?" Um sorry the other thing room temperature don't take them straight out of the fridge and inject it in room temperature is that what causes the sting sometimes you think yeah yeah definitely room temperature and the other thing is it's not a water like you're not using a water pistol so when you're injecting it in some people go fire it in really quick whereas I find if you do it actually really slowly it's not spreading as far in under the subcut tissue You know when you're doing it nice and slow you're just getting one little bleb in under the skin and it's not going all the way down the dog's back giving it an awful sting um and desensitizing the area so not just going whack needle in inject you know go lift it up give them a little tap let it down kind of like what you do with the cows and horses. you know just like little tap here i am little tap and then put it in um for the kennel cough for puppies um you use the intranasal so with that you're um putting a syringe into their nose it doesn't hurt them puppies kind of get over it pretty quick you know they're never really head shy about it they're happy enough they'll get over it and that gives you full immunity so you don't have to come back and give them a second one it's the year after when they're coming back for the boosters Mm. is our problem um with the kennel cough so we've started using the injectable one now so um Thera from MSD. Um it's a multi-vial one as well. So what I found really handy with it is you don't have to have it in the fridge. So you straight away can use it from room temperature, which is really handy. Um and these dogs that are coming back in, we've had so many of them that the owners are like, "Oh god, do they have to get kennel cough today." And you're like, "Yeah." And they're like, "Oh no, he won't let you near his nose." Mm-hmm. And you have to like for your own safety and everything you have to muzzle them which I hate doing and you're holding them down and you're trying to get it in and you're just hoping that something might be hitting their nose you know I don't know if you've been in that situation where you're just like oh god has something got in
0: it's in the lap of the
2: gods yeah like yeah like I've, I've sometimes had to just send the syringe home with the owner and just be like look have a try at home because they're like I can't go to the kennels like you can't go to the kennels without it so I don't know how much good it was doing but this one is an injectable form Hmm. So far, I've had no like I've had no stinging off it like you do sometimes with the core vaccines. I have had no dogs jump or anything. They barely notice it. Um, so that's really handy as you're the year after for the puppies. Um, you'll get can away you, with giving them intranasal. And can still. you not
0: give that injectable one to the puppies?
2: Um, so you can give it to the puppies, but you have to give them two injections. So one injection and then another one in three to four weeks time. Okay. fully covered whereas with the with the intranasal kennel cough um it's a live vaccine so they have immunity they have immunity after one mm. shot of it and okay. puppies don't tend to mind like they don't really know what's going on and you can hold them in your arms and just give them a little drop in fact i think it's nearly easier with puppies to
1: use the intranasal because you're not giving them another needle either do you know okay. and a big difference between a Five kilo German Shepherd puppy, or, yeah. or you know, uh, or um, I find the West. You know, I find the little ones nearly worse West because Stephen they're Jack so. Rumpel, yeah. I find them to be the worst, and like you come, like I, the fear in me when I see like on the diary, um, booster plus kennel cough, um, beware of kennel, and I'm like, oh my god, what am <laughs> I gonna do? And like, I, I don't do that much small animals. Like I do one hour a week, so. <laughs> I, well, like I you have. have to... I just, I just don't have, you know, the action. You know, I kind of, I'm like this kind of rusty. To Be honest, I don't know if the action <laughs> does it anyway because I think it just makes it look like you've done it. But like, where has the vaccine gone?
2: Like, has it gone onto the muzzle? Has it gone yeah. into their eye? Has it? <laughs>
1: yeah that's unacceptable it sounds great I haven't used it myself now so that that sounds like we're on to we're on to our second or a bottle of it now but yeah like I have clients that like
2: every summer because they always get it done in the summer because they're going into the kennels and we have a few that you literally just can't get near them to do it like they know they nearly know before like you can give them their other booster no problem but they nearly know like when you're coming with them at it there's not a chance Um, and so and it's, see, owners really want it done as well because they can't,
1: if your cert isn't signed up, you can't go into the kennels. So yeah. um, it's really And would important. you, we, in our practice now, we kind of, we generally would would use kennel cough as our core, no matter kennels, even if the, if the dog never went near kennels because we kind of say, oh, are you are going to be in a park? Are you going to be, yeah. you know, that's kind of, you know, it's it's definitely become kind of the norm to include oh, 100%, it. Um, yeah. If the dog hasn't been vaccinated at all, I'll do
2: the dhppi and lepto for their first vaccine and then for the second vaccine we'll do dhppi lepto and kennel cough i don't tend to give it as the first one because the puppy's, you know seven eight weeks old i'll give it as the second one and they shouldn't really be mixing at that stage anyway because they're not fully covered yeah so i'll give it as the second one and i think it's so important at the minute we've had so many sick puppies coming in with kennel cough it's rampant at the minute Mm -hmm. and there's no kennels open so nobody can blame the kennels
0: yeah and that's the thing we were saying the other day, in And because we we were just saying we need to start calling a canine cough to yeah. people because they keep saying, "Oh, but he's never been in a kennels," and you're like, "Yeah, but he could actually pick it up in the park or the or the vets or." I'm sure, or everyone anywhere. has a
1: dog, and everyone is going to the park, beaches, everything. Yeah. You know, like I think they were saying thirty percent of it is picked up on the walk. Really? Okay. Yeah.
2: And then like there's more of a chance obviously if they go to the kennels of getting it because there's so many dogs together but it's more um and people forget as well if they're going to doggy daycare and um, like training classes yeah all those kind of things as well that um in really the greyhound
1: like. world now I think it's becoming much more of a common thing because before yeah. it was like oh the dog has the cough and it was just but now we're like oh we can prevent this from happening so yeah we we do yeah. all our dogs for kennel cough now as well
0: Good.
1: and
2: the greyhounds we used to when I was working with them they used to just get the most the biggest outbreaks of it didn't don't mm-hmm. they in the kennels do.
1: yeah like they get over it but like they're out you know they're it's 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 not nice and it's and it's you know they're off, awesome. mm-hmm. you know they can't mm-hmm. be trained they can't be put in training and yeah it's and it spreads like wildfire, you know through them all so yeah, yeah. prevention in is definitely um <laughs> better than cure yes. definitely yeah um well I spent my weekend nursing a 10-cough <coughs> puppy so definitely
2: better yeah. to vaccinate them
1: and like your are um just on so say I came in with my new what'll it be now what do I like <laughs> um I love I'd love a Springer I came in with my new Springer puppy yeah. um Arnold and <laughs> um so, walk me through my 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 first booster vaccination consult. <laughs> so what come I reckon, in the door. <laughs> so first of all, in our clinic, we
2: won't have a waiting room, so you'll be seen okay. pretty much straight away, and um, you right. won't be in general, you won't meet another puppy. Um, you know, you'll be seen straight away. And mm-hmm. um, what I do then is I, you know, obviously introduce myself, and we'll we have our little puppy manual. So we I explain all about the core vaccines and that's the first thing on our list, the core vaccines and going through why they may need to have a third vaccine because their card isn't right or it hasn't been vaccinated correctly or you know, whatever. Um so then we go through I like I the idea behind it is to let the owner relax as well. I let them sit down. Um at the minute we're using a really big room with a couch in it because um with COVID they can Glass of wine. Yeah we're gonna get a coffee machine soon yeah Yeah, let's get a coffee machine um but like I tend to like just chat to the owner first of all and the reason for that is it's just to bring the whole thing down like you know if the owner sits down I find that they chill out and you know like you know everything gets a little bit easier let the puppy down let them play around we'll bring in our toys let them play around go through every all the information and chat to them about what they have and then we start the vaccines so while, while i'm doing that i'll always have the vaccines either in my pocket or you know out that they're they're coming up to room temperature mm-hmm. um and we we get our lick mats then um and the important thing is is like like just give them a little time to get the taste for the food and get like all into that before you hit them with the needles you know yes. so drop your drop your vaccine um and then change your needle mm-hmm put on a fresh needle that you have a lovely sharp needle that a lot less pain with that. And then I do a little bit of desensitization. I'll just be chatting to the owner, not making a big deal out of it, you know, lifting the dog, you know, lifting the skin, giving it a little tap, maybe using the capped needles, you know, Um, and then we give the, we give the vaccine. Um, And like I was saying, I find it way better when you give the vaccine, if you don't just shoot it in really fast, like a water pistol, where it's spreading out all over onto the subcut tissue, um, nice and slowly little bled puppy generally doesn't notice um, if they do it's just maybe it wasn't at room temperature or you know but that's not where it stops because if you stop there what you have to do is give the puppy a really good experience afterwards so they forget all about it even if they do let out a little whimper you know you have to that the finishing up thing is not just like vaccine out the door it's vaccine play food forget about it um and then you know that they leave then and in general owners are like did you do that is it done yet oh did you forget to do this vaccine you know they haven't even noticed and mm-hmm. um, so when they come in the second time there isn't a phobia there in the person even like you know they're not coming in going oh god my puppy was so scared the last time he screamed the place down mm-hmm. don't touch him they're coming in and they kind of know the story and that's when we give the kennel cough then as well which is just a little drop in their nose that doesn't scare the owners they're grand about that that's just a little drop in their nose there's no needle involved that's fine yeah so they're kind of a few of the things that we do God, arnold uh, will be delighted with that
1: can't wait you? can't wait can't wait to, to bring him up to what kind to, of does he like to, to, yeah. <laughs> um organic healthy ones <laughs> <Don't> like <him. laughs> He's one of those new age puppies, you know. Okay. Is he vegan as well? He might be. No, 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 definitely not. Um... like it,
2: that that visit is set in foundation and it does take a while. Like you need to schedule nearly, like we have half our consoles, but like you'd fill it with that. Do you know by the time you get out? and like bill up and you know take payments and all that But by the time you come out like it's a different owner like really it is like they come in and they don't know who you are and they're looking at you by the time they go out you know they'll have their vaccine they'll take their wormer, they'll take their flea treatment they might sign up to your pet care plan you know
1: they're they're in it with you they're bought they're you know they have they're in and what ages i know like long-term. different practices of different you know I, yeah like I, I don't know. For me, going from different practices, I have been told different ages. And like for me now, it's kind of eight and 12. They're my ages that I work yeah. on, but I don't Both know what, are what Good.
2: It's basically you can give it from any time from six or seven weeks on. But mm-hmm. the important thing, as now I stand corrected about this, but the important thing is to have the second vaccine after 10 weeks when you don't have the maternal antibodies. Yeah. So that's where you get your two to four weeks. Um, that's the important part if the puppy is vaccinated at like six weeks and eight weeks they're not fully covered they need another one yeah. so that's the important thing uh-huh. Um. that's we're kind of like so it depends like if a pup comes in and it has a valid health cert and it was done at seven weeks I'll push them to the 10 weeks then you know that they're well outside that and uh-huh. um, I think that's the most important part of it is after the 10 weeks because I suppose the
1: older you wait then you're gonna. You know maybe the social, the socialization of the puppy then is probably on, yeah. on hold a little bit is that kind of the the two knife yeah and socialization is a big issue at the minute anyway
2: I think really I don't know if you've experienced like the lockdown puppies from last year coming in now as one-year-olds and they're a little bit different to deal with than your your regular dog I find like they don't know they don't know strangers and um, the ones yeah, that were yeah. vaccinated this time last year, you know they're coming in a little bit more anxious than everything because they haven't had the same socialization as a normal puppy would.
1: Yeah, that's a good point.
0: Yeah, that makes sense actually. You wouldn't think about that. I suppose everyone's been on lockdown and
2: yeah, it's the year-old ones that are coming in now that need that little bit of extra attention coming in, and they're the ones as well that you may find a little bit head shy that it might be hard to get the to get the um kennel cough into and all that to you know where your um respira will come in handy
0: very good well that was very, very well. good useful information um yes any other questions hazel for um Mairead, non-clinical
1: um <laughs> i think we always ask our guests don't we um what do you do marie outside of veterinary and outside of fear-free to relax and take my well, mind off things
2: <laughs> my favorite at... thing my favorite thing is horses that's why I became a vet <laughs> but I'm also a mammy and that pretty much takes up all the other time in my life <laughs> which is grand which I'm very happy with um but yeah I love I love horses like if I had if I had any free time and I wasn't pregnant right now <laughs> that's what I would do with myself horses
1: yeah I'm. Um, but other than that
2: other something, than that it's the
1: kids oh and there's something nice about just getting up on a horse and just you know oh. getting out for a hack or, or doing whatever and it's it's it does really I just find focus when the you're on a horse
2: bit. yeah you don't think about nothing like you're just focused on the horse Do you know you you can't think about nothing else because you're riding and you're yeah I'm just, I love them and it's not even it's not even yeah it's not even the riding part of it I just love being around horses and I just love yeah I just love horses <laughs> I'm trying to get my um my seven-year-old to love them as much as I but I don't think
1: that's <laughs> happening <laughs> they're loads of, like my little ponies around the place and be like like this
2: <laughs> no he's no. a boy oh no, no. My, yeah. no we, have, a boy. we have a real my little pony for him but oh. yeah well, well
0: Mairead it's coming up to um the vet students are all graduate are doing their exams yeah. at the minute so any tips I think they're doing their exams at the minute are they?
2: Um, yeah they're just finishing up I think this week yeah
0: yeah so any tips um from your days of how to for getting a job or for um keeping their cool and like not panicking and like
2: yeah I just think like your first year out is the biggest learning experience of your life it's just such a steep learning curve and just to give yourself time and understand that that's normal like that everyone goes through that and I think it's really important to get a job that you feel supported in in that way um I went into large animal mixed practice and like I was such a steep learning curve like I, I can't even Hazel, Hazel probably knows it like it's just you can't even describe it like I feel like it was only last year do you know yeah um but everybody you just have to take your time and ask questions and keep pestering people like you know if it's your friends even like ringing them up like your friends are great support to you in that time because they're all going through the same thing like oh how do you do this how do you do that Mm -hmm. um like on that note as well I know you had Owen on before like Owen was Owen he's obviously a great mentor to so many people but literally like I remember my first year out and the amount of times that I rang him and he helped me and like I'm one of his students do you know what I mean they, Like like yeah. kind of feel like you're the only student he does it for her but he obviously does it for so many people and it's it's just looking out for your friends and making sure that they're okay you know really and getting I know I know obviously money is a factor but it's not either like you know if you get a job where you're going to learn stuff and where you feel you can ring someone up and be like lads I'm really sorry but I'm not really sure what to do here that is so much more important for the first year so much yeah, more, yeah, I think
0: Owen said the same thing as well he's like look getting a good team and people who will support you and mind you is yeah. definitely more important for your first year out than big bucks and fired in on the deep end and the thing is is if you're what looking for big money you have to earn that as well so you've got yeah. to be bringing in the bucks too and that's a lot of pressure in your first year
2: like you really need someone that is like look I'm happy to be on the end of the phone but you also need someone to encourage you forward like not like Oh, you're you're the new grad, you can't do that. It's more like, right, this is your first spay. I'm gonna sit here beside you, but I am not doing any of it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, just keep going.
1: Like so there's a fine balance between kind of you know, in the deep end and babied. I think yeah. you know, you have to take chance, you have to take risks, but you know, if the risks feel a little too big, you know, yeah. say it and don't put yeah. yourself in a situation yeah. where you look back and you're thinking, Oh god, why did I do that? And so look, we've all done it and it happens, and look, we're still here. Yeah, but like, you know the kind of adrenaline
2: rush you get afterwards, when you feel like, oh, I've actually done that,
1: yeah, like,
2: yeah. I've had two new graduates now, like, I've employed two new graduates, Anya's still with me, and with Julia as well, and she's am- like, they both have been amazing, and, but you just have to, like, you really have to sit there, like, as, as the older vet, and just kind of, like, let them do it, Mm-hmm. Um, and make sure that set them up for succeeding do you know what i mean like yeah. you know that that you get that chance to do well not do the big german shepherd's bay how about you do your little jack russell's bay today and yeah. i know that one's going to be straightforward it's not a fatty one you know mm-hmm. and we have loads of time and um, so i just think that's really important like just to find that balance because i definitely needed that as a new graduate and I'm, I'm not sure if i got that as much as i should have
0: yeah that's really that's really nice and that's a good thing to say like set them up for success instead of giving them a problematic one yeah
2: yeah don't give them the awkward client give them the client that you know will be happy whatever happens and you know that's friendly and all that don't give them the one that you know like is going to be an issue you know yeah
1: I like what you said earlier as well um Mairead you said slowing down and enjoying the job we signed up for I think that's a good way to end this podcast because sometimes we can lose sight of that so it's I thought I it was a really I think nice, the, a nice
2: thing to say. Yeah, I think the veterinary world is in a rush at the minute and we all need to slow down. <laughs>
1: I really yeah, do. Like
2: Yeah. Yeah. The whole um, veterinary world is in a rush. Like I'm on I'm on a few different groups, like, you know, vet mums and stuff like that. And the amount of people that are putting messages in being like, oh my God, I'm just totally overwhelmed. Like there's just so much coming in, so much coming out, and like they just can't keep up with it. And um, thankfully we're not like that inside, like which I'm really glad about because I couldn't imagine it being a step faster than we are you know I'm happy at the speed we're going at
0: yeah it's plenty busy though
2: (laughs) it's busy but like it's it's busy but like we're not at that like oh my god I can't
0: yeah I can't go yeah
2: you know where you're going home that's a good place to be yeah yeah and just enjoy enjoy your job because unfortunately that takes up like about 80% of our time doesn't it
1: and just to finish Maraid, where is it to if someone wanted to look up fear free would you just look, just google it
2: yeah, fear it's free stuff? fear free and um there's loads of information on it okay. um i think it costs about maybe 250 to do the course okay. um okay. but there's loads of information like you don't necessarily have to be a fear free cert- certified professional to to start incorporating it into your practice you know bond, bonding those new puppies at the vaccinations and bonding the older dogs at the boosters is going to help um, your your
1: turnover and people coming in all the
2: time as well. It doesn't have to be fear-free certified. Well,
1: I've definitely picked up a few tips, so I'll be uh, using those in the next day uh, because I'm back doing a bit of small now for the summer. So uh-huh. I will definitely be uh, using your little tips I'll be in now for the next. Oh sure. Next vaccine. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I don't know. Yeah. Well, we'll see. <laughs> I still want to do my cows, so <laughs> we'll see. Um, Marie, thank you. Thank, thank you, you so much. So hi. Much. Thank, thank you. Thank you for coming on. Nice, Thanks, Marie.
0: Yeah, that was brilliant. That was really good. To the Fedspace Space Ireland podcast. Don't forget to subscribe so you never miss an episode. And to find out more, go to fetspacearland.ie.
1: And don't forget to check us out on social media and tag us whilst you're listening to the podcasts. We'd love to see it.